Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Got to have the power. More ways than one. Our pastor is at NAYC with the young people. This is the first night uh, of that. Let's remember them in prayer. That has uh, grown to be the the largest gathering I think we have uh, in the United States. However, we've got some overseas gatherings that uh, that are larger. And that that recent gathering we had down in Colombia, where over seven thousand people received the Holy Ghost. Amen. That needs to happen here. And I believe it will. Praise God. Let's stand as we go to the Lord in prayer. Pray the blessing of the Lord upon our service tonight and also in AYC. Lord, we pray, God, that you would reach down, Lord, with your power, with your anointing here tonight, Lord. Speak through us, Lord, that give us the things that you would have for us to hear Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands with somebody. Say, I'm glad to see you here. Our subject tonight is going to be on holiness. Now, we, we have studied quite a bit on holiness, and I have written four tracks uh, on the subject, but I, I'm going to give you tonight the original track that I wrote on holiness, my first track. It is the introduction to a better life. How many want the best life that you can possibly live in this world and an eternal life in heaven when we pass from this walk of life? <clears throat> we all do. I'm sure we want the best. Well, I am going to share with you tonight the best life that you can possibly live upon this earth. Now, there has been utter confusion left in the minds of many people concerning the subject of holiness. And much has been brought about by theories and ideas of men. But I'm not here to bring you a theory or an idea of my own. But I'm here to bring to you Scripture after Scripture. Everything that I say tonight will be backed up 
by book, chapter, and verse. There's no need to be confused. There's no need to, to be not certain about the lifestyle of holiness. When you can know the truth about this important subject, what is holiness? Let's define what holiness really is here at the beginning of our lesson tonight. Zondervan Pictorial Dictionary defines holiness. Holiness or holy is translated from the Hebrew word, and I'm going to spell it. I don't know how to pronounce it. Q-U-A-D-A-S-H, which basically means separateness. And also the Greek word, and I, again, I'm going to spell that, H-A-G, which means holy or pure. Both are first related to God, for God is holy. Now, <clears throat> holiness originated in God. It did not originate in us. So, God is holy. Holiness is interwoven with righteousness and purity. Let me give you Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary definition of holiness. Holiness is the quality or state of being holy, which means set apart to the service of God, characterized by perfection. That's Webster. Now let's look at the importance of holiness. Why is holiness important? Why should we want to be holy? Like God. We can't be like God. Since holiness originally is contributed to God himself, some folks might think, well, Let's leave holiness up to God. But that's not what God says in his word. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, God is a holy God, and he wants us to be holy as he is holy. Now, we can't do that. He has, God has required us to do something that we cannot do within ourselves. We've got to have God in us to be holy. Since God is holy and we're not holy, then we need to get God in us. Holiness is righteousness, goodness. The Lord said there's none good but one. That's God. So we can't be good within ourselves. Only through God in us can we be good or holy. 
So let's look at the importance of holiness. The unveiling of God's nature to man has revealed the importance of his holiness. I want you to note the following scriptures. The Lord God is holy, Psalms 99.9. Jesus is the holy one and just, Acts 3, 13 and 14. The spirit of God is holy, Acts 2, 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, 8. The law and commandments of God are holy. Romans 7, 12. This, his word and promises are holy. Psalms 105, 42. All scripture is holy. Romans 1, 2, and 3. Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16. His name is holy. 1 Chronicles 29, 16, Matthew 6, 9, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Places are made holy by God's presence in heaven, Deuteronomy 26, 5, and on earth, Exodus 3, 5, John 5, 15, Exodus 49 through 2, and Chronicles 29, 5. Everything, anything, that we set apart for service in the use of the kingdom of God is holy. That includes tithing. Tithes are holy. That's Leviticus 27:30. And let me say this. It's a serious thing, more serious than what we realize to take that 10% that belongs to God and use it for our own needs, our own benefits, to pay our own bills, even to put food on our table. That's holy unto the Lord. So tithe, 10% of the check that you receive on your job Belongs to God, and that part is holy unto the Lord. The vessels in the temple were holy unto the Lord. And when Belshazzar took those vessels that were holy unto the Lord and began to pour wine in them, at a party that they were having for their own pleasure, for their own use. That's when the handwriting appeared on the wall. I'd be afraid to take that 10% that belongs to God and use it for myself. Is that not similar to what Belshazzar did? Think about it. Belongs to God. It's holy unto the Lord. Can I hear an amen? All right. The anointing oil is holy unto the Lord. Exodus 30, 23, 25. We have that oil here. It's a mixture of four different uh, uh, incense. The, the same oil that they use in the Old Testament that we use here. Time given to worship. 
In other words, that this this time right here in Bible study and and worship, coming to the house of God, is holy time unto the Lord. That's why when we step into the house of God, we need to show reverence because we step into holy ground. We enter into a time that's set aside for the Lord, and that is holy unto him. Exodus 28, Acts 27. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Psalms 147, verse 17. Jeremiah called him Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 23, 9. Great emphasis is placed upon God's people to be holy. God spoke to Israel Ye shall be holy, for the Lord your God am holy. Leviticus 19.2. In the New Testament church, Peter admonished for us to be holy. Be ye holy, he said. And Peter, 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. Also in Exodus 19, 5 and 6, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Much emphasis is placed upon holiness. So much emphasis God placed upon holiness to the extent that he came from heaven in the form of man and suffered pain and agony and the death of the crucifixion upon the cross for us to be holy. It cost him something. It was not just a passing fancy, it was not just words spoken from heaven, but he proved it by his death as he became one of us and became the perfect sacrifice for our redemption. Amen. That puts great importance upon holiness. Can I hear an amen? Amen belongs there. Every now and then, praise God, hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Thank God for holiness. Now, God is so particular about places and times being holy to when Adam and Eve sinned, that separated them from God. And they were driven out from the presence of God, from the Garden of Eden. And when the temple, beginning with the tabernacle in the wilderness, God kept that separation. In the holy place, there was a, a wall of separation that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And behind that veil of separation, in that Ark of the Covenant is where God stayed. <laughs> Boy, 
God did not like that. God hates sin. Sin had separated him from his own creation that he had made in his own image. In his own image that he could have fellowship with, that he could come and talk with and commune with. Hallelujah. That in turn could return worship and praise to him. But God is holy. He's righteous. Sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. Now, let's look at the provisions for holiness. As we see to this point, definitely holiness is essential in our lives if we want to be restored to fellowship with God. First of all, and the provisions that we have to make toward holiness, we've got to deal with the thing that separated us from God, and that's sin. The sin question has got to be dealt with. God created man to live in his holy presence free from sin. Everybody say free from sin. But when sin entered into the world, it separated man from a divine creator. Genesis 3.16, Genesis 19.23, Romans 5.12. For man's relationship with a holy God to be restored, we must separate or repent of our sins. We've got to separate ourselves from sin by repentance. Amen. If we want to be once again restored to fellowship with God. Amen. God did not come into this world to save us in our sins. He came to save us from our sins. Hallelujah. Well, if we could be separated or if we could be saved in our sins, then his death on Calvary is in vain. Why, why would he have to die and pay the supreme sacrifice and become the perfect sacrifice for our sins to be removed if we could be saved in our sins. That even makes sense. So, we've got to get rid of the sin problem. Amen. Now, the choice is ours. Either separated from God or separated from sin. Which will you choose? Well, you've already, many have made that choice. But sometimes we're tempted to, to kind of dabble back in to that old world of sin that, that God brought us out of. James said, I write unto little, little children that you sin not, but if you sin, 
If you stumble, if the old devil comes up and catches you off guard and entices you and, and you yield in a weak moment, we do have a merciful God who is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we will confess our sins. Amen. And ask him to forgive us of our mistakes. He is faithful and just to do that and restore us back to fellowship with him. And you say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Paul declared, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6, 16. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Because of sin, the veil in the Old Testament tabernacle and the temple separated us from that holiest of holies, holy place which signified the holy place, the holiest of holies, signified the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. Hebrews 9, 3 through 8. But I'm here to tell you tonight that at Calvary, when Jesus Christ offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins upon that cross, there was something Wonderful that took place. As he cried out, which being interpreted as my God, my God, or my spirit, my spirit, why hast thou departed from me? You see, you could have driven a 16-penny nail through the heart of Jesus. He would have lived on as long as God lived in him. Death by sin. The devil tried to pull Jesus into sin on the Mount of Temptation, but he failed. Tempted in all points like as we, yet Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He never committed one sin. He was not born in sin to start with because he had no earthly father. Sins are passed on through the bloodline of the father. Since Jesus had no earthly father, sin could not be passed on to him. His father was almighty God. Hallelujah, the holy, sinless God that created this world and spoke this universe into existence. Praise God. Hallelujah. As Jesus cried out, in one last gasp, he cried out, it is finished. Now they, they tell us that the the proper interpretation of the last words of Jesus was paid in full. 
I have paid in full for the redemption of mankind whom I have created. He died for every sinner upon the face of this earth. He paid for your redemption with his shed blood on Calvary. Hallelujah. And Adam, we have sickness and death, but in Jesus Christ we have healing and salvation. Through Adam's transgression, we lost our eternal life and wound up with eternal death in a devil's hell forever. But in Jesus Christ, through the power of the new birth, we have regained eternal life. And through the power of the Holy Ghost, we have an earnest of our inheritance. Through the Holy Ghost, we actually tap into a portion of eternal life. As long as we hold on to it and stay full of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, we're going to live in heaven with Jesus forever. In Jesus Christ, we have regained eternal life. And now we can escape eternal death. Hell was not prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But the, the old devil, I guess misery loves company. He wanted to drag God's creation down to the flames of fire with him. So he tempted Eve and had them and got them to disobey God. But thank God redemption in Jesus Christ has been paid in full. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Prophesied as far back as Genesis 3.15. Uh, the serpent is going to bruise his heel, but the seed of the woman is going to bruise the serpent's head. That was prophecy of Jesus Christ. And I could just imagine in my mind, as Jesus hung on that cross, as he cried out in death, oh, Lucifer was down there with all of his imps. Oh, boys, let's get ready. We're fixing to, we're fixing to have one big blowout. We've, we've killed, we've killed him. <laughs> we've defeated, we've defeated him. Oh, that's what you think, devil. Scripture says if the devil had known <laughs> that what he did actually freed all the saints uh, that died in faith, uh, hallelujah, and brought salvation to all lost and dying humanity all over the world. He wouldn't have done what he did. But the devil's stupid. He's ignorant. If you want to be convinced of that, just look at people, how they act when they serve the devil. Person gotta be crazy to go out and get drunk and come in and beat up on his wife and kid. Lord have mercy. God don't make people do that. That's the devil. Well, I better stop there. I could go on a little further, especially with this woke movement. That's the devil has 
<laughs> brought out of the pits of hell and trying to cram down our throats. Oh, praise God, deliver us from evil. Thank you, Jesus. There is a holy relationship that we can have with God. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm excited about it. There, there is no greater lifestyle to live, hear me tonight, than a lifestyle of holiness. How do we get this holy relationship? How, how do we restore our fellowship uh, with God again? How can we get back in and, and, and recover the eternal life that we lost in the garden? I'm fixing to tell you. You already know. Amen. But it's good to refresh our memory. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, the Bible says. Isaiah prophesied, God will come and save you. And and highway shall be there. Away. And it shall be called the way of holiness. Praise God. <laughs> That's a scripture you hardly ever hear read. Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 8. Jesus confirms straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. I was preaching a revival up in Hope, Arkansas. And we had a, a banker that came out. And I preached on Noah's Ark. And only eight souls were saved. And that really stirred him. He got to thinking about, you know, out of an entire world, this world that we're living in right now, only eight people were saved. And all the rest of them were destroyed in the flood. I entered into a city back in my evangelistic days, and there was a big billboard. I mean, it was huge. By one of the first formal churches of that city. And it said something like this. We must be right because, you want to hear the rest of it? They had the audacity to say, because we've got so many members. Well, if anything, they, <laughs> that don't fit the Scripture. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. And I repeat, straight is the gate that leads to life, and few there be that find it. We need to put up a sign out here. We must be right because we've got so few members. <laughs> well, to be more scriptural, however, 
I am praying and believing God for one-third of the earth's population to be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Before those devils are released from the river Euphrates, that takes out a third of the earth's population. If the devil's going to take out a third, then it's time that God takes out a, a third for him, for his kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. You want to be a part of that third that embraces the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, a New Testament plan of salvation? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Kind of like that lady came to a revival I was preaching down in New Orleans, Louisiana. She was new. It was the first time she'd ever been in a Pentecostal service. And boy, I mean, it, it got to rolling. Oh, boy, shouting and praising. People got out in the aisles, and, and she was looking around. And the more she looked, the bigger her her smile got. She got to looking around, and, and she got up. She got to kind of shaking around a little bit, and all of a sudden, she she jumped out in the aisle and hollered out, "Count me in!" Yeah. <laughs> Woo, glory to God! <laughs> well, she got it. She got the Holy Ghost. We we called her sister. Count me in. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Count me in. Lord, I want, I want to be in that number. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Holy relationship. So the Lord's going to come and save us. And straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that he has prepared for us. Jesus instructed that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of this. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What is that power from on high? Amen. This particular scripture is found in Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Praise God. So that power from on high that Luke is talking about in Luke 24 is the Holy Ghost. So, Jesus further said, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So there they were. 500 people. 
out there on the Mount of Ascension, saw Jesus ascend into heaven. 500. But they were commanded to not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. They didn't know what day it was going to come on. They didn't know when. They found them in an upper room, and they went there. It was, they were there seven to ten days. And all of a sudden, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, who would have thought the day of Pentecost? Now, the term Pentecost, that, that was used in the Old Testament. That's not a, not a new term. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Notice the position they were in when they got the Holy Ghost. They were sitting. Now, you can be down on your knees. You can be standing. You can be sitting. Or you can be stretched out on the floor. But when your heart gets right and you fully repent of your sins and surrender your life to God and lay everything before him, surrender all, give it all to him. Hallelujah. Thank God he's going to come in. He's not going to withhold any good thing from you. The Bible says that, and especially after what he went through to purchase it for you. He wants you to have it. Not well that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, the grace by grace. Actually, what saves us? By grace are you saved. How can grace save you? How does grace save you? It saves you through your faith. Grace comes from God. God has extended his grace through the sacrifice at Calvary to every human being upon the face of this earth, but every human being is not going to be saved. So grace alone cannot save an individual. You have got to activate the grace of God through your faith. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. That's talking about grace now. It's the gift of God. God's grace is a gift to us, and we activate what grace has brought to us through our faith. Now, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Grace is a teacher as well as a provider 
of our salvation. But what does it teach us? That we should deny ungodliness and worldly lust and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Grace has brought unto us divine forgiveness from Almighty God of all of our sins when we repent. And the removal or remission of those sins when we're buried with him in baptism. Grace has brought unto us the infilling of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Because when Jesus died on that cross, there was something unique that took place in the temple. The veil was red in twain. The price has now been paid. Hallelujah. The perfect sacrifice has been made. No longer will sin separate my creation from me. You can now come boldly into the throne of grace and mercy, into the presence of Almighty God, under the blood covering of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And be forgiven of your sins and have those sins removed in baptism and be filled with his spirit. Hallelujah. And what kind of spirit do we get? H-O-L-Y. Holy Spirit. Think it not strange that we come to a holy God. Repent of our sin, get baptized in his name and receive his spirit. And his spirit is holy. Now we put two and two together. Does, doesn't that make us holy? Sure it does. As long as we stay separated from sin. Once we go back to the old lifestyle of sin, we separate ourselves from God, from a holy God. Back to the question. The choice is yours. Separation from sin or separation from God. Which will it be? Thank God there is a holy relationship that we can receive. Praise God. Thank God. Let me get to my last point here. So, <clears throat> so by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Grace is the unmerited favor of God made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, grace is the basis through which salvation is provided. And faith is the condition of our heart in which salvation is applied. Faith that is obedient to the word of God. Faith that produces repentance of our sins. Baptism in his name and the receiving of his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And a holiness lifestyle. 
Because grace is still working after you get the Holy Ghost. I've already proven that with the Scripture. Because grace teaches us not to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and sober and live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. No, we don't wait until we get up there to get holy. We got to get holy here. We're not going to get up there if we don't get holy first. And God has provided a way whereby we can be holy by putting his Holy Spirit within us. Now, Paul said, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, if you got Christ living in you, you're not going to sin. Because he didn't sin. Hello? Still there? Don't hang up now. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many has got Christ living in you? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. That's why every day we need to renew the Holy Spirit in our life. Every day in the Old Testament, they brought the sacrifices. In fact, they did it morning and night. Every day, we need to have our time of devotion with the Lord. Don't wait till Sunday morning. Amen. But every day at home, have your own personal prayer, Bible reading, devotion with God. Get that Holy Ghost. Alive and moving. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is <coughs> referred to as living waters. Rivers of living water. Rivers of joy. Rivers of peace. You need more joy? Get the Holy Ghost flowing. Hallelujah. Get some of the trash the old devil's thrown in your, in your stream out of the way. Praise God. Get the flow of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In your life. You'll enjoy Joy, peace, and righteousness. Hey, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let's worship the Lord here tonight. Thank God. We love you, Jesus. We praise your wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I don't know how many of these tracks are. I don't think any of them's on the track rack out here at the front. There, there's a few on the ones in the prayer room. This is the holiness part one, not the principles of holiness. I've just finished up the principles of holiness, which, which we passed out during our holiness seminar. But this, this is the introduction to a better life. <clears throat> and I didn't finish it. I didn't get to the spirit of holiness. That's another message. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand as we are dismissed here tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the provisions that you have made, whereby, Lord, we can have that holy relationship with you. 
They would once again regain eternal life that was lost in the Garden of Eden through Adam and Eve's sin, transgression. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing and salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for eternal life. Thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, God, that you have restored our relationship, our fellowship with you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, keep your hand upon us now as we depart from this place, but not from your presence, and bring us back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.